Party on, Todd. Party on, Sal. Rock on. Rock on. Well, welcome back, podcasters, to another episode of the Party on Johncast, a podcast where we talk about uh, music, theology, what we're drinking, uh, and all topics uh, awesome and rad. Uh, I'm Reverend Sal Samarco, an ordained teaching elder in the Presbyterian Church of the United States of America in the Validated Ministry of Healthcare Chaplaincy uh, in the town of Newton. And I'm Reverend Todd Laddick, uh, pastor in a for, of a congregation up here in uh, New, in New Jersey. I'm a uh, an ordained uh, elder in the Greater New Jersey Conference of the United Methodist Church, and I serve on a slightly higher ground than Sal. The only higher ground I give him. That's because God ordained it that way. Preordained. <laughs> awesome. Well, we yeah. have a. Uh pretty special guest uh, guests with us today uh todd why don't you uh why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest today okay so this is a, a bit of an introduction uh so i my parents uh lived down outside of the greenville south carolina area and last summer uh almost uh, well, I, just a little over a year ago at the beginning of july of last of, of 2019 uh, I went in, as I do, to Dark Corner Distillery in Greenville, uh, sat down. Um, uh, the person bartending uh, served me uh, drinks, asked where we were from. I said New Jersey. All of a sudden, uh, I hear somebody to my right ask me, where in New Jersey are you from? And I said, uh, I'm from uh, Sussex County. And he said, wow, where in Sussex County? And then I knew, OK, so he knows where Sussex County is this month. <laughs> This isn't just like, you know, somebody who who knows the state New Jersey. This is somebody who's been there. So so uh, so I ended up meeting Devin uh, and we were sharing drinks. Turns out that Devin was also dating at the time uh, the bartender who was serving the drink. So it turned out to a whole long conversation. My parents came in it. There's like like some sort of family connection. Uh, not that we're related, but but Devin knows uh, like cousins of my mom or something like that. So it was like. It was like divine providence. I think we were meant to be at Dark Corner Distillery on that day uh, together. And uh, we got talking about the podcast. I told him I'd love to have him on. Uh, and uh, so here we are. So I'm going to introduce uh, Devin and Dylan, his brother, Dylan uh, Canfield. What's up? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. How I'm are you guys doing? Good. I'm glad to hear your families are doing well as we were talking prior. Uh, that's uh, the case. Um, yeah, our families are good. Glad to hear that you're both doing good and uh, definitely excited to have you guys on the show. So welcome. Thanks We're for excited. I'm excited. I'm yeah. Excited. <laughs> yeah, seriously, thank you. It's, it's a hectic and busy time. So for taking the time to speak with us, we appreciate that. Oh, yeah. No, it's our pleasure for sure. Uh, and crazy time it is indeed. So that, now that we've got the introductions out of our way, brings us to the Hebrews segment. Uh, before we go on, how do you know that God loves co- uh, beer or coffee? How? Beer. How, Sal? Uh, because you wrote about it in the book of Hebrews. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that joke never gets old. I do it. I, I <laughs> or it was old before it got. <laughs> okay. 
Um, no, that yeah, he tells that joke every every every, every time. So uh, and I'll continue to tell it. Jokes now. I, I'll I'll have that one in my back pocket. So thank you. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That you're gonna hold on to that. Uh, that that that'll be a keeper, I'm sure. Um, so yeah. this is the seg. This is a segment where we we discuss what we are currently drinking. Um, since this is still the at home edition, uh, we are um, going to be drinking at least some of us anyway, uh, alcoholic or adult beverages. So, Sal, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Uh, yeah. For some context, normally Todd and I record this either at my place of employment or his office at the church, so we can't really imbibe. Uh, when we record those episodes. So I'm drinking uh, Brooklyn uh, Brewery uh, Rose Rosé de Ville. It's a raspberry Ooh. sour ale. Um, never had that, but it sounds good. Never had it. It's uh, like 5.8%. Um, it's, a, it's a sour beer. I've been into sour beers lately. Um, mm. I don't know if it's because I'm in a sour mood or not, but... Uh, <laughs> That rosé wine type taste to it. So and it's it's out of Brooklyn, New York. So it's one of those um, larger micro brews that I really enjoy. So that's what I'm drinking. Awesome, awesome, rock yeah. on. So you know me. Very red. Oh yeah, there it is. Look at that. Oh, it's beautiful. So you know me. I I can't ever just stick with one thing. So uh, I've got <laughs> I've got here. Um, uh, it's the Distillers Collection uh, uh, New World Aged Rum from Hilton Head Distillery, uh, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. And uh, they're the same distillery that uh, owns uh, Dark Corner Distillery in Greenville. So um, I've been to Dark Corner. I've never been to the Hilton Head one, even though I go there all the time and this time decided to pay them a visit. And this is some really superb rum. Uh, my second choice, because I've been avoiding this uh, because it's at <laughs> I'm kind of a snob. Uh, it's out of Utah, and I was like, "Can bourbon be good in Utah?" I don't know. Like, which is which is sorry, Utah. That that, that was wrong to say, but that was my mind when I saw it on the shelf. And finally, I, I was talking to somebody about it, and um, High West High West whiskey, um, American Prairie bourbon. Got myself a bottle. It is beautiful. It is uh, 46% uh, alcohol by volume, which makes it uh, 92 uh, proof and uh, really, really flavorful. Actually, one of my more favorite uh, bourbons. So it's really, really good. Yes. That's on my that's on my wish list to try. And never, never doubt where you can get a good whiskey from. I actually, for my 40th birthday, got um, it was 40 proof whiskey from Japan. And the Japanese yes. make really good whiskey too. Yes, they do. And uh, and we all know. Uh, well, I earlier uh, sent a picture of Black Dirt Bourbon to Devin, and uh, thought it was Sal, so I called it BDB, and he's like BD, huh? <laughs> so I at Black Dirt Bourbon's out of uh, Warwick Valley um, uh, Winery and Distillery up in Warwick, New York, uh, which I've reviewed on here before. But uh, excellent, excellent bourbon. So yeah, you, you can't really judge a bourbon by its location. You just got to taste it and rock it out and so this utah bourbon man it's it's up there on my list it's really really good nice. um so uh i'm gonna go in the order that i see you guys sitting so dylan what are you drinking so you guys i'm just apologizing now because you guys are both drinking something very interesting nice little <laughs> backstory i go to my fridge and there's not much in there 
and I'm not a big drinker, but tonight, because it's a special occasion being on here with you guys, I'll be going with a classic land shark. Oh, you can't go wrong with that. No, Excellent. It's yeah. it's safe is what it is. Whereas, it's a safe bet, yeah. Truth is, I don't even think I've ever tried whiskey. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair, oh, yeah. Fair enough. Well, if we ever have the pleasure of being in person together, we'll we'll have to like we'll have to change you know change that up. And I and I totally would. But then uh, when I went left before, I said to my girlfriend, "Can you make me a mixed drink?" Because they they have something cool. And I just have a land shark. So then we heard the door open, <gasps> and she made me a mixed drink. Ooh. Which I have no clue what it is. But uh, I want to say it's uh, maybe cranberry and vodka with some a little hint of grapefruit because we have fresh grapefruit at the house. Ooh, it looks delicious. Kind of looks like a sour drink, but I kind of wish I was drinking that sour. Yeah, yeah, it's very close. Wow. I'm sorry I don't have a better story, but cheers to you guys. No, man, that's a. that's a great story, uh, and uh, hey, I'm all about like grabbing what you have around. Um, yeah, got a kind of mosey. Absolutely, and uh, Devin, what are you having? I am having essentially nothing. I do have a water here because <laughs> it's a hundred degrees here. But I will say this: speaking on the term of sours, mm. best sour I've ever had in my life, none other than in Greenville, South Carolina a brewery called Eighth State Brewery. Mm-hmm. Their com- um, their sours look like kombucha a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's the type of sour beer that you could probably drink all night because they taste like candy, and it's mm-hmm. dangerous. It's dangerous because you'll lose track pretty quick. Right. So while I'm not actually having it, I would just like to give them a shout-out and give a credit to an amazing brewery. So... Cheers to those guys down in South Carolina. Great. I tell you what, if you could, Devin, uh, after this is over, uh, link to that brewery or the brewery name, I will uh, link to it on our podcast so that they get a proper shout out. Absolutely. Excellent. As for me, I do agree with Sal, though, how he said you almost have to be in sour mood. You have to be in a sour mood for sours. Yeah, like a certain mood. There was a certain, there was a sour that came out recently up here in New Jersey that was uh, brewed with uh, Skittles. Ooh. And uh, yeah, it was like you drank one of them and it was like you drank a a pint worth of Skittles and sugar. Oh God. Tasted good the first couple of sips and then you got halfway down the glass and you're like, why am I drinking this? And then you woke up with a massive headache the next day. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Uh, so here we go. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. And water, water ain't nothing, man. That's that's nature's alcohol right there. So, <laughs> and it's a lot healthier. Nothing more pure than water. Mm. Especially when it's hot out. Well, Actually, the last thing we should be drinking is alcohol right now. <laughs> we've been saying if we get the chance to um, do a podcast in person or something, it's not like we're far away. Our parents live about twenty minutes from where you guys are at. Oh yeah, so we'll get you guys try. back on. So maybe he can try his bourbon. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. If that happens, Devin, I will. Yeah. I will. I will break you in on the what I think is the best bourbon ever. Uh, I don't know if it's the best bourbon ever, but the best bourbon uh, in our area, which is uh, uh, black dirt bourbon. We'll have to make sure we have a bottle of that. 
one more I, person. I'd be willing. Okay, perfect. We're doing it. Got me hooked on it, so careful. Yeah, this guy, this guy was uh, Sal. Did, he's like, I'm not a whiskey drinker, <laughs> and now he buys it. So uh, beware. Okay. So for you, what? Where does Dark Corner Distillery sit for your favorite distilleries? Yeah. So uh, okay. So I. This is me personally. I'm not a flavored whiskey kind of person, and. Um, Hilton Head Island Distillery slash Black Dirt or Black um, Corner Distillery, uh, their whiskeys are not, they're not bourbon. They're just like whiskeys and they're flavored. Like there's peach. They had banana fosters, which was awesome actually. Um, but uh, so I'm not like, I'm not like a f- fan necessarily of their whiskey. But what I do think that they do really, really well is their gin is awesome. Uh, there's something about their gin that's very similar to Warwick Valley's gin where they, they put like, something in it that gives it a different like character than just, you know, pine needles. And it, it's, it's really uh, awesome. Um, and the pine needles of course comes from the juniper berry, but um, so my favorite thing about that distillery is they really, in my opinion, specialize in rum and their rums are out of this world. Uh, Sal has had their mountain peak espresso rum, which mm-hmm. like, is just like, mind-blowing how good that is and uh this this one here this new age world rum is just so smooth and so good um and i also have their dark when i was down last time when when devin and i were sitting side by side i bought their uh two traditions uh dark uh or two traditions dark rum um which is really really good as well so that's what my my opinion is they're a great distillery i think they really are a great distillery uh and i really really appreciate their rums like i think they're top of the line rum because i've had some rums that like taste more like they're imitating rum like these guys own the rum that they make and it is so good so their whiskeys are good too if you're into flavored whiskeys they have some really good choices it's just not my my thing per se uh, my wife was really digging the f- banana fosters. Uh, banana fosters. <laughs> uh, well, that's the rum, actually. It's not the whiskey. Anyway, so that's where I stand on that. Um, how about you? What do you think of them? Awesome place. I think Greenville's an awesome place in general. Folks, let me tell you, if you have not been to Greenville, South Carolina, that is a place to visit. It is like one of the most cultured cities I've ever been in. Uh, you're talking about like uh, you know sidewalk cafes and uh, uh, distilleries, breweries. They've got uh, a theater there that does Broadway, uh, you know, um, tour uh, plays, and uh, just it's just a wonderful town with a wonderful vibe. Uh, and uh, and you never know who you might run into there, like Devin <laughs> yeah. or Todd if, from the other way around. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, excellent. So, uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers again. Mmm. So good. Rum. <laughs> that is the rum. <laughs> that is the rum. <laughs> I'll let you know when I'm into the, the whiskey. And I realized I have not done rum on this, on this podcast. I, I just changed that tonight. So, who knows what I'll bring next. Yeah. Um, so... That brings us, and uh, I, I beg your forgiveness ahead of time, but that brings us to our most excellent music segment.
fireworks. Every time. D.D. Canfield uh, edition. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Sal uh, and uh, and um, folks, uh, Sal and I uh, listened to uh, been listening to D.D. Canfield. They're a uh, obviously brothers, but they're also a, a band. And uh, so, guys, why don't you introduce your music and uh, tell us a little bit uh, about uh, about who you are and then we'll go into uh, specific songs sure well we are Dee Dee Canfield and uh, I think there was a conversation at first on kind of uh, what we wanted to do with the name and uh, Devin and Dylan is everybody <laughs> calling him Dylan calling me Devin throughout our whole lives and D.D. Canfield kind of came up and it was just that works with me does it work with you so he said yeah but um Devin he is obviously my brother but um has been playing music for a very very long time and I've had the honor to watch him from the beginning uh so as a musician I think I know him better than anybody else (laughs) and uh having him up here in Delaware you know we have uh, some time on our hands and something we've always wanted to do and um, we just released our debut EP, mm. um, which came out two Fridays ago or last Friday? The 17th of July. It came out on the 17th. That was this past Friday, because that's also where I got my new tattoo, which I will talk about in a little bit. <laughs> we got to go back to that. That looks wow. shit. Yeah, it, I'll have to uh, I'll have to stand up and show it the right way because otherwise he's hanging upside down. But anyway, back to D.D. Canfield. Yeah, we released our uh, debut EP. EP last week and um, yeah you know, we're getting feedback and whether it's good or bad we're just happy that people are listening you know yeah no absolutely and uh, it better be good because it rocks in my opinion I, I really really enjoyed it's it really good. Um, now uh, Dylan uh, are you the vocalist or are you the guitarist or, or so, do you both do a little uh, of both so there's six songs on the EP and uh, I think you'll find both of us singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are, there's one song where you actually get the both of us singing. Okay. Um, but I think you get three and two. So mm-hmm. I don't think uh, there's a main vocalist. I think that we're, you know, we both share that. Great. And uh, yeah, like I said, you'll find both of us on there. Awesome. Do you both play instruments or like yes. who's... Yeah. So I started playing the guitar now three years ago. Okay. Uh, and like I said, he's been playing for a long time. And the problem was that every time I went to go pick up his guitar, <laughs> I, I played upside down, lefty, mm. and never made sense to me. And then one day I kind of asked him, hey, you, would you mind taking your old guitar and flipping the strings for me? And, um, you know, you know how it is when you pick up a new hobby. I just... Yeah, picked it up kind of quickly, so yeah, I play some guitar and not not as good as him, not as good as him. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so so uh, then I would take it that Devin is the main guitarist. You play guitar and you both contribute in terms of vocals, and uh, I would take it lyric writing as well. For yes, for this EP, all the music was written mm-hmm. by Devin. By Devin, okay. Well, rock on, Devin. No, dude, it's it's more it's more so, you know, and it's it's kind of here. It's just it's, I 
think more so like serving the music itself. Mm-hmm. What what serves a song in the best fashion? What and I think there's a times where it approaches where we could sit and say, hey, you know, this song might suit a better. Like even the songs that I had written, I had the like envisioning writing for him because we sing in different keys as well mm-hmm. and even writing certain songs where i can think of like oh definitely this is on his plate and then there's certain ones where i'm like oh this might sound nice if i try giving it a shot and right from there but we're both writing and you know doing that and it's been it's been a pleasure been very fun like i said um he's been living down in south carolina and in different other locations for probably the past a long time so this is kind of the first time where we're in the same place at the same time where um we just really think we have a great opportunity and we want to take it, you know right yeah no, absolutely. and we almost had to learn in a way well not learn but just relearning because when i was 21 i moved out and basically was living in different cities up until essentially March and we lived started living with each other and we hadn't lived with each other in almost six years. Right. So it's kind of crazy and it's those are very formative years of of life. So I like I was saying it's like a relearning, refreshing kind of connection and it's been cool. It's been cool, especially being able to creatively create or creatively create this project. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Um, excellent. So what we'll do at this part, uh, of the juncture is, um, our guests have introduced themselves and their, their, their music, uh, so far, Sal, uh, I'll let you kick us off in, um, uh, a review of one of their songs and then I'll take a song and, uh, and then, We'll uh we'll pose oh, a awkward, we'll, we'll pose an awkward question to D.D. Canfield. <laughs> so go ahead, Sal. I'll I'll, I'll be gentle. Um, <clears throat> actually, I was listening to it and going through the EP, and the one that really stuck out to me was uh, "Eye to Eye." I think that's the title of it. "Eye to Eye." Yeah. Um. Uh, that to me, listening to it, uh, I had to ask. Um, asked Todd, I said, are you guys, you know, specifically spiritual or church or, um, is it, or is it just secular music? Cause that song to me had a very spiritual undertone to it. Um, almost had the sense, um, I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but I kind of got the sense of like, it was, a the picture of someone holding out their hand, uh, in AA and saying, come, let me help you out of this. Mm. was kind of the vibe that I got out of it. Um, and the line of uh, heaven will be our home when we when we see eye to eye. I think that was the line. Mm. I don't know. That just kind of really stuck with me. So uh, it's really got that um, looking at your bio and all your influences. It really has that kind of late 90s, early 90s pop punk emo, like a very alternative vibe to it. That is just like I haven't heard in so long. Not not that your music is dated, but it's got that vibe, like that really different vibe to it. Um, yeah, yeah. 
than what than what is generally put out there in the uh, in the uh, cookie cutter mold that that music is. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So yeah. So um, I liked. What's that? I think we had somebody, one of our friends, say that eye to eye. Um, you would know better. I think our friend Owen made a comment kind of similar to Sal's specifically. No, didn't Owen say kind of remind, reminded him was like um, church? Yes. yes. Yeah. So kind of in regards to that, a lot, the whole premise, I would say of, again, specifically, I'm just speaking in terms of myself, like even presenting stuff to him. Lyrically, yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, like Christian music or, but it's definitely, I'm a pretty spiritual person and the lyrics are spiritual. And like, it really, really means a lot for you to say that mm. because it's very, like you were saying, the AA, it's more so, yeah, about the experience of seeing somebody struggle with those types of things and and it does ha- all of this music and there's still so much to come it has those spiritual undertones because it's just so happens to be kind of what is being presented because i feel sometimes the music gets kind of like channeled mm-hmm. and like i have to allow myself to like receive those things and like that's where kind of like that gratitude comes in where i feel it has that spiritual nature but that song in particular, yeah, it it is definitely, you hit the nail on the head. It really means a lot to hear you say those things. I definitely got the sense of that song that it was a, um, like I said, spiritual, but it, the sense of, okay, these, you could get the sense that if someone listened to that song and had their own demons that they were dealing with, they could relate to it because this is someone singing from experience of saying, hey, come over here, let's uh, let's relate in our demons and get through this yeah sense of sort of vibe agree i, I got the same vibe and uh, yoda sal says uh perceptive beyond bounds that one is <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh no i, I got the same vibe it, it's um it was a, it's a beautiful song and actually one of the things for me um uh as somebody who is uh somewhat of not nearly skilled like Devin is on guitar but but somewhat of a musician um uh and an artist uh i really feel like when you open up an album you want to open it up with something that just grabs somebody because once you're grabbed by that first song it takes you through the journey of the rest of the ep whereas if you're bored at the get-go um or you're like meh at the get-go you may or may not listen to it. And so right at the beginning of your EP comes like the, the sound effects. I'm not even sure what the sound effects were. It felt like it could go goth. It felt like it could go like metal. It felt like it could go in any number of ways. And then it went right into your music beautifully. And immediately when I heard that, I was like, Ooh, what's this? And then, and then it just it carried me all the way through the song and then the rest of the EP. So my pick um, for you guys is the first song on the album uh, sounds like a love song, which as somebody who is married and uh, in love with my wife, happily married, um, I can relate to that song. You know, like when you when you find somebody that you love and you hear them say your name and 
it sounds like a love song. I mean, like it just that to me really reminded me of when I first met my wife and, uh, you know, just how uh, head over heels for her I was. And uh, just to hear her her loving me back the way I was loving her and, and just you could feel the love in everything that she said. So so I really uh, I really uh, related to it on that level. But I also, again, spiritually speaking, think of um i think of this also in a theological sense like when when we finally it's twofold when we finally realize the love that god has for us and so when we when we realize god is calling us by name and it sounds like a love song but also the way god must feel when we finally recognize that god loves us and we build that deeper relationship that the feeling that God must feel that like when we say God's name at that point, like it, it sounds like a love song. So I think that could, that could, that song is open enough to be taken in any number of ways by anybody listening to it. It's a very, very relatable song on just a whole host of different levels. Um, it's a love song obviously, but it, but that love can go in different directions. And, and I really, really appreciated the versatility of that song and the ambiance of it, just the way the, the vocals are carried out through it. It's just very ethereal. And um, even even the way you sing and the way it's, it's uh, mastered together. And uh, is, is that Dylan singing? Yes. Dude, <laughs> you've got a phenomenal voice. Thanks. Uh, you really do. And just the way that comes together, it's a very, very ethereal and just could be taken in, in a multiple different ways, depending on who it's hitting and, and at the time it's hitting them. So, uh, bravo. Yeah. It's a great job. Yeah. Both of you. Once, yeah. Once again, that, that chorus, um, he presented the idea and, you know, listening to it and kind of recording it, that, that was it. The chorus, I just said, like, it almost just sounds like, just imagine if there were more, more of me or whoever's singing it almost like very, um, gospelly, you know? Yeah. Um, and it is. It's almost like angelic, you know. It could. It's very, very good. I also agree with everything. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, awesome. I. Thank you so much for saying things to us. Yeah, no, I really, really appreciate. It. I mean, I, I enjoyed the entire EP. Uh, um. So, but but like, I really was impressed with your choice of putting that as the first the first song because I know that battle of like, okay, how do we order this? What order does it go? And sometimes it makes sense, but most of the time it's like, which one which one goes first? What do we end with? What what order do we put things in between? We were and, there. We were there for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you chose well. You really chose well in the, in the order of the songs, and uh, that song just grabs you from the beginning and literally propels you through the rest of the EP. Now for the awkward question. Ready for this? What are, for you two, what are your favorite songs off the EP? If you had to pick one. I know that's a, that's a difficult question because you put so much energy and love into all of them. <laughs> um, so we started the process, I think, um, late March, maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, as time went on, you know, um, messing with mixes and having them mastered, um, songs would come in at different times. And I think throughout um, the time from March till now, I think I've definitely thought different things about each song. But um, eye to eye, 
I kind of just agree with everything Sal says. Like, there's just something about that song. Um, I, wake- and I had to fight over that song, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'll, I wake up at like 3.30 a.m. And um, I am a greenskeeper at a golf course. So I have to be to work by 4.30. And my drive from 4 o'clock until I get to work, um, when we were making the EP, that's when I would take the time to listen. And just every time I would hear it, it just, like I said, very special moment to be like, wow, like this is, I think this is very cool. Like it's very great. The lyrics, the message, and it hits me hard every, every time. Mm. Um, I know it's a, like, I, th- I think it's a very special song for my brother, but, um, I can also say that it's definitely special to me. And every time mm. I hear it, it hits very hard. So I think I can probably say eye to eye. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Even though my answer will probably change tomorrow. Of course. Of course. I, I get that. And it's a very awkward question as the artist to answer which which of those, all of them are your baby, right? Like, so like, it's like, how do I pick one from the other? It just depends. Child. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Devin, what would you say in this moment, recognizing it could change tomorrow? Yeah. Well, I think what's cool, and I just want to say thank you guys again. But I think what's cool is now we have these platforms like podcasting primarily to kind of shed light on these types of complex, in-depth situations where the depth of certain mediums can be exposed. Mm-hmm. So you can talk about these things a little more in context. So I think, again, I really appreciate you asking these questions. But these songs hit home way too much this was an extremely therapeutic process of consciously flowing with what was, like I was saying, kind of coming to me through Mm -hmm. experiences that I had been dealt with. And first and foremost, I almost want to go back to what you were saying about the theological standpoint. That is the undertone of everything that I write. It's just, I don't purposefully like I said, bring it to a, a religious right. thing. But that is the undertone because that's where my faith lies. Mm-hmm. And I think we're both very blessed even for opportunities like this. And when it came to writing this album after having a certain experience, the whole idea of, of Gemini itself was, I'm a Gemini, mm-hmm. and it was the, like, there's lists of traits certain things they'll say. And one of the traits they say is a perceptive nature about duality. Mm. And that's what this whole record was to me is trying to look at something fucked up and Mm -hmm. say, where, where can I try to approach this in a different light? And right now they're all so close, but it's between anniversary and rain. Okay. Uh, rain was the, the, uh, that was the other song I was going to, I, I really could, could tell you that all of the songs really uh, hit me in a way that I, I, they, they meant something. Each one meant something different to me as I listened to it. And I could really spend like an entire show just talking about the six songs and what they meant to me as I was listening to it. So rain was on there on my list for sure. Anniversary was number two for me. Um, yep. Rain was the only song that was written prior to moving. And 
I adjusted the chorus once I moved here, but anniversary to me is cuts deep. And so I listen to that one a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, this is going back to, uh, sounds like a love song, but, um, uh, the lyric, my, uh, my high tide eyes are finding faith. We hear our favorite songs. You dance. I might just dance along. You say my name and it sounds like a love song to me. Um, I just remember the insecurity of, you know, when I was a, a well, I guess when I met my wife, I was uh, 19, 18 or 19, uh, 19, I think. We've we been together since. Yeah, ever since. Yeah, totally. Yep. Well, we're going on our 21st year of marriage. <laughs> God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. It, Jan, January 8th. That's inspiring. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it, it was uh, that that uh, was Providence as well, I believe, because uh, knowing my track record, uh, I, I wouldn't have chose the right. I probably wouldn't have chose the right person if it were on me. If it makes you feel of, better, I'm, I'm on number two. If it makes you feel yeah. better. Yeah. Well, I always feel better around you, Sal, you know. <laughs> but no um but um but yeah so like when we first you know like when, when i met her like i didn't really i wasn't like a popular person bully quite a bit when i was young and like uh it seemed at least from my own perspective it probably was my perspective more than it was reality but it felt like girls like uh, like i repelled girls like you know, like like i want to have that relationship uh but it's just never going to happen and so that was the place i kind of was in uh i wouldn't have said that out loud to people then but uh that was the place i was in when i met my wife and um just the way she accepted me and the way she uh boy this is like confession time with todd isn't it uh the way <laughs> the way she she accepted me and and just that that lyric there is what spoke to me so much my high tide eyes are mm -hmm. finding faith you know and i think of the, the <clears throat> tide coming in and and actually uh, there's a poem uh called that i wrote um during prom weekend we went down to long beach island and it's called shells on a beach and it ends with, uh, uh, I'm like, uh, shells on a beach. Hold me with care. Or I'm like a shell on a beach. Hold me with care for I am fragile. Uh, and this was the moment when I realized I was with somebody who actually like accepted me, loved me. And there's that, that excitement, but also that fear that like, you know, it's not going to last. <laughs> so 21 years almost 21 years later but um but that fear that you have in that moment and so like when i hear those lyrics that it brings me back to that moment in my in my life so um just a a great guys you gotta listen to dd canfield i mean like like listen listen to what they brought out of me <laughs> like this, this hasn't happened before <laughs> Um, so anyway, not to, to cut into anniversary or, um, or rain, but, um, but that, that song, that's why I think I ultimately chose that song. Cause it brought me back to that moment, um, which, uh, is, is special. So thank you guys. It's really awesome that you say this because you're just, you both are hitting the nail on the head and that's the whole point of it is like, I think ever, anybody who listens can, if they can find a connection with the song um 
like I said, you have your experience. Sal has his experience. I have mine. Joey or Billy may have his, but that's just, you know, the point of the song is that everybody's going to draw their own connection. And if you can find that connection in even just one person, it's, you know, it's, that's what it's meant for. That's what makes music universal, right? Like, universal. like and you, uh, we all have our own, like, um, we have our, all our, have our own existential, uh, perspectives, uh, where we, we can only relate to ourselves and our own experience to some degree, but because, because music comes into my experience and is internalized subjectively, um, I can relate with it, even though I may not even know why Devin and Dylan wrote the song. You know, like I may not know why they wrote that song or what that song means to them, but it hits me in a way where it means something to me. And that's the universality of, uh, of, uh, songwriting and, and music. Yep. That's, uh, that's where like you said, Devin, it, it came out of a process. The writing process came out of a place that was maybe a little fucked up at the time. Um, but that, that comes through the music. Um, it comes out in that, that, like Todd said, it's a universal message that people can relate to. Um, you know, um, sounds like a love song for Todd. He's known his wife for 20, 20 plus years. And it, you know, I'm on marriage number two, but my wife now sees me for who I am and loves me for, I, for who I am. And, um, you know, the eye to eye for me was a song of, my previous marriage mm-hmm. so it's a that universal spiritual idea that we can all pull something out of it um but ultimately that universality of music is you know when when scripture says you know make a joyful noise to the lord describing music it doesn't say what that joyful noise is it just says make a joyful noise so yeah we can all pull that joyful noise out of that music so there's we're we're working on basically without too much details we're working on some stuff right now that will be shown to the universe in due time it's in the process but there's one song essentially and I think from speaking to you guys you know I think you'll really really lyrically it's right up your guys alley and it's called render surrender and it's in that regard of again it's it's a it's not a love song. It's about an experience, but it's about the notion of render surrendered. Like you're talking about, like how you said, make a joyful noise to the Lord. It's like, it's about like, why aren't we surrendering? Like, why are we rendering this when, when we do something like that's what, in a way, like that's what God is wanting for us to do, but it's sometimes hard as human beings. It's, it's scary. And, in a weird way, it's funny. Like one thing that helped inspire certain processes of putting down those walls and being vulnerable, even sharing with, you know, like going to my brother and being like, this is where I'm at and this is what I'm writing about. And then seeing the mm-hmm. connection. But honestly, Justin Bieber, I was watching interviews with him and he started being very transparent about Jesus and his faith. Yeah, and just me, and it, I, you could see like what that did for him, and you know I believe in Jesus and put my faith in that, and seeing that in someone like Justin Bieber, regardless of music, but seeing his message made me 
and I think makes us feel like you said that there's something to see when you're eye to eye with that concept. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and, note, I, and I think, Oh, go ahead. Sal. Side note, there's a really good, uh, mini documentary series on Justin Bieber on YouTube. It may have been the same thing you were watching, but I was surprised how into his story that I got. It's a very interesting story. But anyway, that was All right. Cause when he was, aggression. when he was a, when he was a youngster who who was discovered on YouTube, like he was like you know the Biebs, like the like kind of kind of like the young girls loved him and everybody else kind of like laughed. Uh, but as he matured, and then well, it's not even that he matured, but as he grew up in the public eye and made the mistakes that he made and uh, went through kind of the hell that he went through um, to to get to this place of maturity and faith. Um, really, actually, uh, I, I applaud him, um, you know, for 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 not only being um, not only admitting his faith, but just the transparency with. And I, I think anybody who goes goes through hard times, one of the best ways to get out of those hard times is transparency. Just being, I, I know it's one of the steps in, in you know alcoholism, for instance, or drug drug addiction. Uh, just naming it, you know, like I've got this struggle and I'm open about it. And that once you admit that you have a struggle, then you can begin to work at overcoming it. Uh, you, if you're in denial of the struggle, you're you're never getting there. So, um, so yeah, that that kind of transparency is is I think vital uh, for the well-being and health of each individual person. And I think music um, can very well bring us to a place of transparency. You know, uh, if it's coming from honest hearts who are writing the music and. Uh, that's what I that's what I see in your guys uh, your guys music it's 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 transparent you're you're bearing your soul to, to us but in that process inviting us to bear our souls as well and uh, that's that's a healthy healthy thing I said that better now a, a question for you in a way sure why do you think as humans it's so why I'll go back to just that notion like from your guys' experience and your line of expertise, why is it so, you know? Yeah, Sal, I'll let you start, but I, I definitely have an answer to, to put out there unless you take it from me, which is fine if you do. Or do you want me to go first? You go first, because I got to think about why it's hard to surrender. Okay, so... Um, so for me, uh, just in my experience, one of the things that uh, the Bible teaches us theologically is that, you know, when we were created, um, we were given a level of independence, but we were also given a level of dependence. Like God, um, in the story of Adam and Eve, God um, gave humans, you know, uh, kind of dominion over the things in the Garden of Eden, you know, like to name the animals, to name something, to give them a name, to make them, uh, to have a relationship with it. Um, that was given to us. But we were also told, you know, like, you need to trust me. Uh, and I'm telling you that that tree over there is not good. Stay away from it. And of course, we all know where this, where this story goes. We choose independence over dependence. We want to be independent. We want to be in control of ourselves. Um, so I think the idea of surrendering is admitting that you have no control. 
Yeah. Um, and the idea of having no control is scary for human beings, uh, for me, for anybody, you know, like, like I want to be in control of my life. I want to be in control of my destiny. I don't want to have to sit back and rely on somebody's hand up or hand down. I, I, I want to be in control, but control ultimately, and this is going to sound a bit Buddhist, but I think it's very Christian and Jewish and, um, Muslim as well. Um, it's, it's very spiritual, uh, and universal control really is an illusion. God is in control, but I'm not. (laughs) And, uh, the more, the more ready I am to surrender, the more free from the prison of render I am. And, and, uh, but that's, that's a painful process for us human beings because we want to be in control. Um, And I don't, I don't think wanting to be in control in, in and of itself is inherently bad. Uh, if, if we, if it, it brings us to a place of realizing we need to surrender, but if, if it brings us to a place of grabbing as much power and as much, uh, render as I can now, uh, uh, then that can be a very bad and, uh, sinful and, 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 uh, dark place to be brought. One way that I have heard the creation story described, and I think it kind of is, uh, kind of relates to what Todd was just saying is. Uh, we Adam and Eve we we took that we wanted that independence uh, so we we went to the the tree of knowledge and uh, the way that I heard the tree of knowledge described was the tree of knowledge was self-awareness once we ate of that fruit we became fully aware of ourselves um, and all of the the shame and the whatever feelings of anxiety or loss of control that that entails well might mainly the shame because if you notice in the story when 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 god says hey guys where are you and they kind of come out behind the bush and they've got you know in the paintings they have the you know that they're covered up because they realized oh we're we're naked we're exposed like god sees us for who we are well you know what the funny thing about that that particular story too is they were shamed by something God was not, God not finds shameful. Right. <laughs> they were ashamed by their own sexuality, by their own uh, nakedness, by their own bodies. And God thought that was perfect. You know, like, right. like that's, this is how I created you. And so the shame, the irony is, is that the, the, the rendering leads us to a place of, of self-imposed shame. We, really. we render the yeah. shame upon ourselves yeah. because of our own, whatever, um, our own minds, but it also reminds me of uh, Matthew six. Uh, do not worry for tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries for itself. Mm-hmm. We do not worry for today. Uh, consider the birds of the air; uh, they neither reap or store up, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Mm-hmm. And yet we still worry because we want the control to say, "Well, no, I need to store this up," without trusting trusting that. The surrendering, surrender to the trust that God will provide um, because we don't see it in our timing. We don't see it in God's timing. Mm-hmm. So, And I, I do want to clarify, I'm not uh, promoting uh, Christian hedonism or anything like that. <laughs> but but the fact that before before we were ashamed of our, our ourselves and our, our, you know, ashamed of our dependence on God, ashamed of our nakedness, ashamed of our, you know, uh, sexuality or whatever, whatever we may be ashamed of. Um, we were innocent. We were made in the image of God. Um, 
it is the shame. And I, I think that we see this in reverse psychology, even in, in society. Um, you know, when you tell somebody that what they're doing is shameful, oftentimes it people turn to even more shameful behavior because it's like, well, if you're going to tell me I'm wrong, I'm going to double down on it. And, you know, like, so I think when we, when we self-imposed that shame upon ourselves, it caused us to also uh, turn back the, um, it caused us to go backwards rather than forward into the direction that God created us to go. So I, I think um, rather than being dependent on God, we ended up becoming dependent on our, our, um, our, 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 our fallen nature of rendering rather than surrendering. So that's where I would, would bring it. And uh, we just saw Allison pop in and say hi with the little baby. <laughs> so does that answer your question? I don't know if that answers your question, but. Yeah, music, I think, is a way to dive into a different kind of dimension in a way of why we want to make music. Mm. Do kind of get to a place that's kind of liberating mm -hmm. through that you were saying like healthy connection mm -hmm. maybe he could have some input but like i know even for him we've talked about connecting with people is so important but doing that in a healthy way how would you say that no i would totally agree i think it's all about the connection you know, everybody goes through good times and unfortunately everybody goes through those times that may seem like they're never going to end and uh, yeah. think, uh, like I say it, it can be very liberating the, uh, even just to listen Not you don't have to write it or play it um, and you don't even have to know much about it but like I said you can hear a song and just it can liberate you absolutely absolutely um and uh, so I, I am actually really thrilled to hear the uh, I, I'm really excited and stoked to hear the render surrender song actually really, really stoked about it because um, there's a number of things I, I, I think um, when I hear render, um, I hear uh, Jesus saying render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's and some some Christians unfortunately take that to mean that Jesus was saying, hey, it's cool to pay taxes. Uh, the government loves that explanation of that. Um, but but uh, Jesus wasn't saying, uh, you know, that, you know, Jesus wasn't condoning whether we should pay taxes or not. What he was saying is like, OK, give give money to Caesar. Go for it. But what's God's everything? So really what we should be doing is giving to God, not necessarily worrying about Caesar, which is ultimately surrendering, you know, surrendering to God and what God wants for us. So if Caesar tells me to jump and God says, don't, I should follow God. Um, and it takes a quite a level of surrender to do that because Caesar can kill you. So, um, so I, you know, so I'm, I just, when I hear render surrender, I, I really like, uh, that brings me to multiple passages in the Bible. And I'm really, I'm again, I, I know, and actually I applaud that you're, you're not, I don't think there's anything wrong with bands that are religious and, and that's their thing. And they're spreading the, you know, the good news of their, their faith to people. But I, I really love when people of faith just write music. It's like J.R.R. Tolkien who wrote 
you know, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. He never intended to write an analogy, you know, a biblical analogy or anything like that. He was writing a story, but his faith came through in ways that connect with people, regardless of whether they, they are of the same faith or not. And I, I think there's a, there's a power to, um, to secular music that reaches people on any level that they're on because it, you know, because it connects with them. I think, I think God works through that. Um, you know, Christian music, uh, I love a lot of it, uh, and it, it reaches me, but I'm a Christian. I don't know too many non-Christians who are, you know, digging through Christian channels <laughs> to listen to Christian music, but boy, when a song that, that, that crosses those boundaries and is more mainstream or, or more secular, but is coming from a place of faith, faith, it, it reaches people who would otherwise not be reached. And I, I think there's a power to that. Not that that's why you write the music, but there's a power to that, um, that, that God works through secular music as much, if not more so, I think, than, than God works through specifically religious music. So um, I applaud that that's your approach, that you're just writing songs from the heart. You are people of faith not writing it with any agenda to convert the masses to Christianity or to, to whatever your faith is. Um, I know you said you, you believe in Jesus. So in your case, Christianity, um, you're writing the songs to connect with people and people, whether they're atheist, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Jew, doesn't matter. You know, if they connect with the song, they connect. And uh, there's something divine and holy about that and sacred. Yeah. Like you said, no, it's not about like denomination. It's not denomination. And, right. Like, even for me, like, you know, I don't couldn't even consider saying like I'm I'm this or that. It's more so spiritual, yeah. But it's me and him are huge Bruce fans. Mm-hmm. And he had a segment in his book recently and it basically was like he was grew up in the church and he was based like I hated church. I never went after this amount of time, but he writes so much music about it. Mm-hmm. And he just said like once you're in, you're in. Yeah. Even when you don't want to be, and it's the truth. Yeah, so it's yeah. definitely like some spiritual stuff, I would say. But. but there's truth to that. Like when we're made to do things, we don't want to do it. Like I, I remember distinctly not wanting to be in church, and yet all these years later, look what I'm doing. <laughs> so, um, and and for Bruce, you know, he may not be in. I don't know if he attends church or not, but he may not be in the church. And yet that background, that 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 uh, foundation is still with him very much in, in everything he does. And so, like, like you said, he, you know, as much as he wanted to get away, he could never really get away from it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's a that's a that's overall a, a good thing, I, th- I think. Um, and see, when you're from Jersey, folks, if those of you who are not from Jersey listening to this, when you're from Jersey, um, there's two two names in this modern era that you need to to really understand. Uh, Bruce is one of them, and uh, John is the other. <laughs> so Bruce uh, Springsteen and John Bon Jovi, uh, uh, you can't get more Jersey than that. Um, and they're friends, so, you know, as it works. Played the same place as all that. Wow. Um, so I think this is a good time, if you don't mind, Sal. Um, Sal, by the way, has another guest uh, on board with us by the name of Calvin. Calvin. Man, <laughs> Calvin. The man, Calvin. Hello. There he is. He's a podcast star before he even realizes it. Um, so 
I would love for you guys to play us a song live uh, and let let uh, those of uh, our listeners who you know who have never heard of you uh, to to hear what you guys sound like. So yeah, Devin is gonna play Anniversary, and um, that was definitely one that came, I think, a little later in the process, and mm-hmm. um, it was something that he was very excited to show me. And um, there was just a certain a certain vibe that came with the song uh, when he first played it for me. And um, he could probably explain more what he was trying to capture in the song. Sure. But um, having him explain it to me and then, you know, hear it, I just thought um, he captured it perfectly. Great. And, um, knowing what it means to him and, uh, and what it means to me just differently, I'm just like... Okay, this is that's, this is the one, and that's yeah. the beauty of of even even and we often fail to realize this or even think about it. I, I I think, but you know, even though you're brothers, you're two different people with your own two different perspectives and experiences. And yeah, you're in the same yeah. band, but but when you yeah. hear songs, it's still affecting you two differently than uh, it, it, yeah. you know. It's just the way it, that's the way it, the, the nature of it, really. Yeah, that's that's perfect because uh, Evan said before, like we were apart for some of these formative years and then coming back together, it's like, you're a little different and you're a little different too. And, um, but the one thing we've always been able to kind of find middle ground on is, and, um, we have very similar music tastes, but at the same time, I think very different. Mm. Um, but to hear him, for, for example, like, he loves John Denver. I'm not a big John Denver guy. <laughs> no, that's not true. I like John Denver, but I'm, I'm just messing. Well, yeah, tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm on a Rocky Mountain High right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> or, wait, actually, no, it's Kentucky Bourbon. Sorry. Or, uh, actually, no, Utah Bourbon. Sorry about that. So, just joking just joking around but not joking around so not not a joke it's not a joke (laughs) it's definitely not a joke so i'm even going to kind of go back to what sal was saying we grew up heavily on like the pop punk Mm -hmm. scene not like screamo stuff but i mean like brand new now with like some bands i think more on my like turnover story so far so many different genres so eye to eye has that vibe and I kind of gravitate towards that. So one, and we get in the car and I'm playing some going through, or I open up his Spotify. And the night before he was, he was ha- drinking, we'll say, we'll say drinking. And <laughs> the, the next day I get in the car and I look and I'm like, what the heck? And his most recent played from the night before was, and mind you, it was May was Josh Groban Christmas. And <laughs> and yes. he was just like, dude, it's it's so legit. So Hey, when you're feeling Josh Groban, you just you pull out the Christmas album, right? Yeah. No, you have to. Like I said, um, the music that we like just goes in all different directions. But um Awesome. Yeah, yeah eclectic. I, I think that's the best way to be. Like I you know, I uh listen to a lot of metal, uh this whole party on John casting came out of our love for, for the eighties and for metal and, you know, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. 
uh, I was in a goth band when I was younger. I'm really into goth and, and dark like uh, music, but I also listened to John Denver. I listened to John Lennon. I listened to The Doors. I listened to Beethoven. I listened to like you know, Garth Brooks. I saw Garth Brooks live in Central Park. You know, like if the music is good, it's good. If it sucks, I don't listen to it. That's kind of That's, my motto. It all comes down to I think uh, Dave Matthews said um, good music is, is good music and all yep. other music can go to hell. I think he said. That's that's right, right, right. You know, if it, if it sucks, you know, go to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> well, <laughs> in the name of Jesus, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just take another sip of bourbon. So, um, <laughs> and then real quick before we even play, so even us, we kind of like again, we grew up on so much different music and have so much taste. But like, even for him, dude, Avenged Sevenfold is his oh, bread and butter sevenfold yes i listened to um the whole waking the fallen album today at work and i wanted to text him and be like there's got to be a way that we can do chapter four i can't scream but like i think m shadows is a great great vocalist um mm. and definitely towards later in the career where he stopped screaming because of his vocal issues but for the most part like i said he um think hearing back country beast in the harlot i was in third or fourth grade i'm just like this is i've never heard something like this before never i've never heard anything like this before oh my goodness um wow and that reminds me now uh i sense it's sal uh soul embraced which is a uh kind of like a death metal sounding kind of like band that uh their song my tourniquet actually uh was covered by evanescence as tourniquet off their their debut album and uh the the soul embrace version is just nothing but screaming and obviously we all know tourniquet off of evanescence's album and she sings melodically and angelically and beautiful and uh but to hear the two different it's the same song same lyrics just two different styles and it's just like whoa but that avenge sevenfold and his you know yeah just wow Mm. I agree. Dylan, say, we, man, we can sit and talk about this. And air pound. After, um, <laughs> after Devin performs this song. Yeah, we'll 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 save this. You know what? Let's let's talk about our that that will be and see. This is how I said it works. This is, that will be our bonus episode, uh, our bonus video episode. So for now, we will put that aside. If you are um, wanting to hear our our musical background, then you're going to have to cough up a little money, either two dollars, five dollars, or ten dollars, depending. And you can listen to that conversation on our Patreon account. In the meantime, with no further ado. Anniversary by D.D. Canfield. Happy anniversary to my 
Wow. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, and uh, just really um, glad to uh, have you guys on our podcast. Um, Calvin is in agreement. Actually, I think what he's really saying is, come on, Dad, hog the mic. It's my turn. Putting a shirt to the test. We need more Calvin time. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. More Calvin time. Agreed. Um, thank you guys so much for uh, coming on and uh, talking with us and spending your time with us. Um, it, it's a real pleasure. Uh, uh, again, this episode has been called Dark Corner Providence because, well, it was providential that that Devin and I met, and then uh, you know the whole fam, the weird family connection thing, and uh, and um, you know uh, just just really uh, definitely God working in, in mysterious ways, and so it's a pleasure to have you guys on the show with us. It's been fun. Yeah. No, it's uh, for- a big pleasure for you guys to have us. Oh, absolutely. And again, it will happen in person. So for those of you who are, you know, there, I, I realize that in this pandemic, there are some who are really down and out. But then there are those of you who prioritize your one coffee a month to uh, over having a, you know, podcast subscription to Patreon. Uh, subscribe, folks. Come on. Come on. Just hey, one I'll coffee be, a month. I will be subscribing because um, this is my first time here. Oh, you're, you're going to scri- subscribe? I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to like, I'm going to follow, whatever you guys have, and I'll be spreading the word. So just know that at least you have me. Um, well, Dylan, I am happy to have you, and I'll send you the link for subscription. That's- I can't wait for the next <laughs> Rock on. Um, subscribe to our podcast. Um and subscribe to our Patreon account again for two, two bucks a month, uh, five bucks a month, or ten bucks a month, depending on what your 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 uh, uh, ability is. Uh, you're looking at a coffee, you're looking at a fr- uh, frappuccino, or you're looking at a pizza a month. Look at a Taylor and- or Taylor Ham, or egg Taylor Ham, egg and cheese. Hello, right. This is the Jersey episode, right? Here. That's right. And, and we know that they're in the better part of the state because they call it Taylor Ham instead That's of right. pork roll. <laughs> but we're not getting into that debate. Um, so again, thank you. Uh, be excellent to each other, and don't be a jerk. As for you, Patreons, uh, you hold on, and uh, you will you will get to see the rest of this episode. But. In the meantime, signing off, rock on. Rock on. You walk into his home, drop the needle while I'm praying a thousand miles away. Two people sharing poison alone, I'm a ghost in the role you portray. He buys a drink while I think that the dancing we share is not serrated. But the love of facade is to hide how you're truly operating
Dress my flowers in guerrilla warfare Hallucinating eyes won't repair Weary child, your illusions in despair So you smother truth behind your veil Curtain shelter your sordid smiles In the shadow of our miles When you tell me you are mine